Smith for the TFON podcast here for season three, episode 11. I have a special guest, my guy, Joseph Joe Hoyt from Dallas News. He covers SMU. He was on the on the um, on the pod last year, man. So I'm happy that he's going to be a second time joiner. Um, Joe, how you doing today? I'm good, JT. Thanks for having me again. Uh, it's good to see you and good to hear from you uh, on Cincinnati week again. Same, man. Same. It's always a, um, this game is always interesting because um, SMU has been a very solid team. I know this year they've been up and down so far, but they're always a team that has a lot of firepower, um, can score. It's just hopefully the Bearcats can do enough to stop them. And then hopefully the Bearcats score enough on the other end. But um, from, you know, James Wiggins four or three years ago, four years ago, he had a pick six that was in overtime. One of the craziest games we've probably seen, you know, for on the Bearcat side of the ball. And then, you know, last, you know, the last couple of years, Desmond Ritter's kind of dominated on, on a few, but it's, it's new people here. So it's going to be interesting to see how this game goes, man. Like with you guys having a new coach, like what has been the temperature just for the fans down there and just for you that's covering, covering this team. Yeah, I think the new coaching staff, and it's kind of funny because with this game, you know, we talk about Cincinnati and, yeah, a lot of new faces, but obviously a lot of familiarity, you know, yeah. because it's the same team and just kind of that turning of the door. Um, yeah. But same thing with SMU because Rhett Lashley was the offensive coordinator during that overtime game you mentioned at yeah. SMU. Then he went to Miami for a couple of years, and now he's back as a first-year head coach. And he, you know, it, it so far SMU has kind of lived up to what we remembered about Rhett Lashley. The offense has been very fast. They're the second-fastest offense in the country in terms of calling plays and, and getting it out there. Um, you know, they score a lot of points. They're very explosive. Um, but, you know, there's been some other things, too. You know, they haven't, you know, they've had a couple games where they've kind of struggled late. And, you know, they've had a couple games offensively where the running game has kind of disappeared and it's been very pass heavy and, you know, a lot of deep shots that turn out to be a little bit predictable at some points in the games. Um, you know, but they're coming off a big win. I think they needed a good win to get to kind of get right again. They got that against Navy. And so now, obviously, they got a big challenge with the Cincinnati team that's done really well against them in the past. For sure, yeah. We I brought I brought that up to Coach Fickle, um, just like the success. But then he he was quick to point out, especially the overtime win. Um, and it's not like a you know, and it's even the game last year. He felt like it was a tight game until a few big plays kind of blew it up. But you know, I guess he's trying to keep them on their toes and understand this this is an explosive team. So they haven't Indiana. Kind of was an explosive team. Um, we shut them down. They shut them down or controlled their big plays for the most part. Um, so I think honestly, to be fair, this may be. I mean, they play Arkansas, but I don't. Arkansas is a more run, run, run. Hit you with a couple passes more so because of KJ Jefferson being such so dominating. Um, I think this might be the the most explosive team they play so far to me personally, just from looking at my research and scoring and everything. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, I know they still have um, Tanner Mordecai. He's calling the shots. Um, Rasheed Rice is the you know the main receiver. Um, who are the guys besides maybe those two? And um, who who should the Bearcats fans should be looking at? And who should the Bearcats defense have targeted? Because I know you guys can score points. Yeah, I think a big storyline with SMU this offseason was, oh, my gosh, look at how much depth they have at wide receiver and running back. And now it's, oh, my gosh, look at all the people they've lost at wide receiver and running back. Um, Jake Bailey was, you know, a transfer from Rice, who is the starting slot receiver. And he looked incredible in fall camp. And he's out for the season now after injuries proved to be too 
too big. They added Bo Corrales, an athletic six foot four wide receiver from North Carolina who had an injury history. And, you know, uh, Rhett Lashley said that today he's probably likely out for the season as well. So, and then, and then the big, the probably the biggest story though is Rasheed Rice wasn't at practice today. And Rasheed Rice has been dealing with a toe injury since TCU. It's been pretty painful for him. Um, but he's played every every week since. But if you kind of look at what he was doing before TCU and and what he's done after, you can tell it's definitely impacting him. Yeah. Um, I think before before the TCU game, he looked like the best receiver in the country. Mm. He was he was dominating. He had 20 targets against Maryland, and either he came down with you know in double coverage with incredible catches, or there was pass interferences called. Mm. So he's. He's been fantastic. I think even Rasheed Rice, though, at 70%, which, you know, whatever the percentile may be, I think he's still a dominant receiver. And I think he I, – I'd, I'd bet he ends up playing um, against Cincinnati. But, you know, offensively, they need guys like Dylan Goffney, who's a sophomore, to step up. They need Jordan Curley, who's also been dealing with injuries. He's an incredibly talented sophomore receiver for them, transferred from Arizona State a year ago. He, when he plays, I think it's kind of the div X factor a little bit. It kind of gives Rasheed a little bit of breathing room. Um, so he, he, they need a big game from him. Roderick Daniels is another guy who, who originally actually planned to sit out the rest of the season and then eventually transfer, but instead decided to come back and had a nice touchdown against Navy. Mm. Um, so I think receiving-wise, those are some names to watch. I think Rasheed playing is obviously the big X factor. And then at running back, Trey Siggers was out last week. I, it sounds like he might be out again against um, Cincinnati. He's their starting running back. Belton Gardner, who's been kind of their number two slash starter, he missed last game too, but it sounds like he'll be a game-time decision, okay. even though optimistically they think he'll play. Um, but, you know, I think the big question, the big one to watch out for on the running back room is Kamar Wheaton, a five-star transfer from Alabama. And he's got all the talent in the world, and they've been slowly kind of getting him in there, but, you know, not really putting a lot on his plate. And the lingering question this entire season is when is Kamar Wheaton going to have a breakout game? You know, maybe it doesn't happen at all this season. Maybe it happens this week against Cincinnati. It's one of those things where, you know, it's kind of been lingering and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I remember Wheaton. So that's crazy. I forgot. Didn't, I, I skipped over that part. I, didn't, I missed that part of my research. But I, I remember him at Alabama. He's a big, yeah, definitely big five-star guy. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully he doesn't have too big of a game this this Saturday, but I know SMU fans will love to see that. Um, but as great as the offense has been or as steady or as, you know, explosive have they been, um, the defense side of ball seems to be where you guys have struggled, to be um, honest. What is it? Um, like who are the key guys and then what, what do you think has been their problem this year on, you know, stopping a run and stopping the pass? Yeah, I think the SMU defense is kind of an interesting case because if you look at the totality of their defense, obviously, you know, they're giving up a lot of points and a lot yeah. of yards, but they're mostly coming on big explosive plays. So, but if you look at kind of like 85% of their games mm. on defense, they've actually played very well. So the big question with SMU's defense is can they finish and can they not be as vulnerable to some of these big plays? Because mm -hmm. when they do, obviously it goes for big gains. If you look at the UCF second half, if you look at the UCF first half and the UCF second half, you'll see that things changed pretty quickly and <laughs> explosive plays were kind of the big decider there. Um, I think I think last week against Navy, though, might be a turning point. And that's we'll see if it was. I think this is a big question. But I think Navy, they played way better than the score dictated. Um you know, they uh, 
I think the big change was, and I'm writing about the, that. I'm writing about this this week. Okay. They they really started doing more of a rotation on defense. They started getting more players in there, and they said, "Hey, let's you know let's get more bodies in there." But if you're in there, go as fast as you can and as hard as you can, and and be disciplined with your eyes and be decisive. And it worked out against Navy. I think that's something that could work out against Cincinnati too, potentially. Or you know maybe it wasn't the turning point. I thought. Um, in, in terms of players, um, I think it starts up front with them. They have two all-conference guys in Elijah Chapman, who might, who literally might be the strongest player in college football. He can bench an incredible amount. And he, if he goes to the combine, he will definitely be close to setting records um, on the bench press. And then Devere Levelson is fantastic, uh, another all-conference guy on defense. I think the X factor for them is can they get to Ben Bryan if he plays? Yeah. Um, I think they need more of a pass rush on the outside. And I think two guys that will be able to potentially do it are Nelson Paul um, and uh, Gary Wiley Jr., two guys that have a lot of pass rush talent but kind of haven't really put it into a consistent um, basis yet. So we'll see. Those are just kind of the big X factors in the questions about a defense that has looked really good at times and then kind of gets exposed, though, for big play vulnerability. Okay. That's that's a good, good nugget, man. Super good nugget. So, like – I don't think I've asked this question on a pod, um, but I'm going to ask you. So um, sorry that you, I'm breaking the cherry on this one. Oh, so like, um, special teams, man, because I feel like Cincinnati has a very great, very good punter, sophomore punter. He's been punting lights out. They've been spoiled the last maybe six years, honestly. And I feel like Mason Fletcher has just took this big step. Um, kicking game has been not what the, what everybody kind of expected, but his leg is very strong with Ryan Coe. But um, on you guys' side, do you feel like um, just kick and return, punt game, um, is there anybody that's kind of like the X factor um, for you guys on Saturday? Yeah, I think for in the return game, um, so Brian Massey was their kick returner last year. He's their starting safety this year, and he's, he is a kick returner and punt returner for them. Um, and when he, he's been dealing with injuries all season, um, but he finally seems like he's a little bit close to 100%, maybe not there. I don't know if any player is at this point, but he's feeling pretty healthy. And when he's at his best as a kick returner, you know, last year, like, for example, against Houston, you know, we had Marcus Jones had a game-winning kickoff return against yeah. SMU. But in that same game, Brian Massey had a kickoff return for a touchdown. Yeah, um, He had one against Navy as well last year. So he's very dangerous. Um, I thought, he, you know, he was going to be an all-conference kick returner this year if healthy, and it kind of hasn't come into fruition yet. Yeah. Um, We'll see how that goes. Um, but if he's good, I mean, Jordan Curley is another guy that does punt returns for them if he's healthy enough to do it. So we'll see what kind of happens there. They have potential there to be dangerous in special teams, even though it hasn't really shown itself so far this season. Cool. All right. So I'm going to ask, what what are your predictions, man? You're down there. You're checking the post. You know what SMU looks like day in and day out. What's your prediction for Saturday? For Saturday? You think that 11 o'clock? Um, Central Time kickoff is going to be an ex, uh, be in big advantage for Dallas. I mean, for uh, SMU in Dallas, or do you feel like the Bearcats are going to come in there and uh, handle business? What What are your thoughts? Yeah, I've been kind of going back and forth on this game. Um, I think obviously, if Cincinnati's healthy, um, yeah. I think that's huge, uh, especially a quarterback. Um, and it sounds like he probably will be. But you know, if you kind of look at SMU's played one other 11 a.m. kickoff this this year, and it was to TCU, and TCU got out to an incredibly fast start, and kind of SMU took a while for them to wake up. They ended up coming back that game and made it really close, a one-possession loss. 
but it took a while. Um, you know, I think, I think anytime there's a first year coaching staff, it's very, it's very interesting. I think things develop. I think, you know, the team you were in week one is not the team you are in week seven. True. Um, and I think if SMU has turned a corner, you know, if, if that Navy win ended up being the pivotal turning point for them, that they are a pretty, they're a very talented team on offense. And then yep. defensively, you know, they have capabilities to be pretty decent. I think if that was a turning point, then they've got a chance against Cincinnati. And mm-hmm. I, I still, I think the line is, is pretty good. I, I think I'm probably going to say that Cincinnati wins by one possession, whether it's a touchdown or, you know, a field goal. I think that's kind of my betting favorite kind of line. Um, But I also think SMU has plenty of potential if that Navy game was a turning point to not only give Cincinnati a game, but, but pull off an upset. Okay, cool. That's a uh, good nugget, man. Cause I feel like the Bearcats will win, but this is a very, very dangerous game, not a trap. I won't call it a trap game because I feel like SMU has been one of the top teams in the uh, AAC, and then they have to play USC the following week on the road, so they can't look ahead. And then they have this time change, which is an hour earlier. Hopefully, they're not like doing too much or you know not locked in because you know against UCF, not UCF, but USF, they came out slow. They can't afford to come out slow against you guys. I don't um, against SMU. I think that will be very um, will play into you guys' hands, and I don't think they will be able to catch up as fast as they did against it. Um, USF for sure. I just think yeah, your yeah. offense is better. Yeah, and they came out slow against Miami of Ohio too. The, that was yeah. a, yes. a new kickoff too. Yep. So, yep. I mean, I don't think. I mean, I mean, I don't know what you think on it, but I, I, I don't think it's necessarily easy to, to the first thing you do, wake up and go to the ballpark and yeah, play a physical game. So for, for sure, for sure. So they hopefully they learn from those two games because so they start off slow against SMU. It's either going to keep it where SMU feels. Get the conf- I think you guys' confidence will grow the closer the game it stays, especially early because, you know, they, especially if you see them they come out and punch them in the mouth and, you know, penalties. We did good in penalties, you know, the previous game. So hopefully that's another trend. But we were one of the highly, you know, highly penalized teams. So I want to see how that goes, especially on the road, different environment. Um, won't be a rocking nipper, but, you know, and they're on the road. So it's, it's going to be a different animal. So we'll see how that goes, man. So, but I, I greatly appreciate you um, stopping in for a second time. We have to talk about talking again in basketball time too, as well. So I'm going to have to hit you up, man. Um, but let everybody know where they can find your work. And if they want to get any more information about SMU before this game and even afterwards, where can they find you? Yeah, they can follow me on Twitter at, at Joe J. Hoyt, H-O-Y-T. Um, and they can just kind of search Dallas Morning News and SMU. And probably that first link will take you to, to a lot of my work. Um, but, yeah, JT, thanks again for having me. Always a pleasure to talk with you and see you. And uh, uh, I'm looking forward to talking in basketball season, too. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm hitting you up, man. Just don't, don't block me. So we uh, no, make never. this work again. I'm just <laughs> no, but we'll make it work, man, for sure. And then we'll talk a little hoops. I feel like our, our hoops team is going to be better this year. So I feel like it'll be a lot more uh, a joyous conversation and really kind of digging into the X's and O's besides kind of just happy that it was his first year. So I think this year is then you're going to turn a corner and be a little bit more dangerous. So mm-hmm. excited about that. Sounds so, like a plan. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure, man. So I appreciate it. All right, guys, make sure you follow um, TFON Podcast. It's, every, it's available everywhere you can podcast. Hit up the front office news. And I'm J.P. Smith. Let me squeeze. Let me squeeze.